Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan, and I have a couple of special guests this morning from Virial. I have um, Thomas McElroy. How are you, Thomas? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Alan. How are you? I'm good. And Lucy Goff. How are you, Lucy? I'm good, thanks. But it's good afternoon here, Alan. It's not good morning. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, it's good morning. I'm, I'm sitting outside having a cup of coffee on my on my deck here, but yes, it's a little, it's good afternoon where you are. Um, so uh, Thomas and Lucy are um, both um, work for Virial and have been, um, as I'm sure many of you, hopefully all of you have noticed, Virial has been pumping out a lot more um, English language content um, on their official website and, and, uh, social media and whatnot. And so I wanted to talk with them a little bit about that. And also, um, hopefully we'll have time to chat a little bit about the academy program that they've, that Virial has put together, which involves, um, various places, including, um, some places in the United States. Um, so I thought I'd start with, just a little bit of background from the two of you. So, Thomas, I'll start with you. Um, why don't you – I know some of our listeners are probably familiar um, with your history with Virial, but but many aren't. So why don't you take us through that briefly? Yeah, so I've got quite a relatively long history with the club. Um, I first actually moved to the town of Virial um, in 2011. I studied Spanish at university and I had to spend a year abroad in Spain. And just by pure luck, I got sent to Virial. I worked in the school that's next to the training ground. Um, and a lot of the kids from the school that I used to teach, um, well, they were from the, they were from the residential, from the residents there. Um, and even like a few of them have gone on to bigger things and, um, one of them's got a squad number this year, Amir Aguera, but we've got a few other players that are around. So Alex Garcia is playing for Man City. Adrian mm-hmm. Marie is playing for Alaves at the moment. So a few of those players have made it. And um, I fell in love with the club when I came and lived in the town. I used to get a season ticket. It was the year we went down, so I felt like I was bad luck. But um, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the best year to become a fan of the club, but I did become a fan of the club and I loved it. And then after that... He's a true fan. I'm a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> after then, I... Moved back to England, finished my degree, um, started working as a journalist in England, but I carried on visiting the, in the club, visiting the town every few years, and then, well, every few months throughout the years, and then, um, when the Oops, I lost. Brexit, so um, I was quite lucky that the opportunity came up. Are you okay, Adam? Okay, yeah, I, I lost a bit, of, a little bit of you when you said you, you came back, um, to Virial. When did you come back? Um, okay, yeah, so I came back to Virial um, in August uh, 2018, so it's actually going to be a year ago this week, so it's a, I've been here for about a year now. Um, the opportunity came up to work at the club, and it was an opportunity that I couldn't turn down, sure. and so I came back, and I have to say that after the first year I came, when we went down, I was a little bit worried that I was the bad luck charm after how last year was going, but we stayed up, and I've broken that bad luck. Right. I I hope that the I hope that the uh, your colleagues didn't give you too hard a time about about being a, a bad luck charm or whatever. Oh, we did. We did, Alan. You did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So, so Lucy, um, your your um, history with the club is is a little different and uh, a little more recent. But why don't you go through kind of your what brought you to Virial? Yep. So, yeah, my history with the club is a little bit more recent than Thomas's. I'm from England as well, as you can hear from the accent. Um, but I actually came here in the summer of 2014, and I originally started coming to the club to to play for the ladies team so I was on the ladies first team and I play represented the ladies first team for three and a half seasons so that was absolutely brilliant to play football or soccer uh, in in Spain a dream for me and as I was playing for the club um, I was teaching English in in Spain that's that was the job I was doing here and also playing football soccer sorry I'll, I'll say soccer and so the club contacted me they realized there was an English girl on the ladies team and that my Spanish was very good and so I started doing some translating for the club just um, on a one-off really um, and then they tested me with some translations, helping them with the website, social networks and all of that stuff. And I started working for the club part time, which was a fantastic experience. Got to go to the games um, and, and all that stuff. And uh, eventually they took me on full time. Um, and that was back in 2016 now. So I've been working at the club over three years. Um, both Thomas and I work in the international department now we manage all English content for the club English language content as Alan mentioned uh, in the last few years that's gotten so much better on all our social media platforms and website that's what that's what me and Thomas are in charge of mm-hmm. yeah one of the things that I've noticed is how much more um, how much more English language content there is on the official website now because it used to be that there would be a translation of maybe like one match report that would show up much later and now it's like you guys are translating everything so that if you're an English fan and you don't you know the Spanish or the Valencian doesn't work for you you're really not missing a whole lot you're you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of good content and that's that's great yeah we try to do it on the whistle like the, the when the match report comes out in Spanish we try to get it as soon as possible in English and that's what we're hoping that we're getting the, the English language website is as good as the Spanish language website. That's our that's our aim. Right. And how many um, can you gauge how many followers or um, whatever you have for the for the English language platforms that you do? Yep. So we track all of those stats, and it's come on so much in the past. On well, the past season, it's been a you know it's improved really like a, a lot of <laughs> we've got the stats and um, roughly how much would you say Thomas? I mean probably the biggest stat for us I mean I know it's obviously available as public as well is that we've now got 10,000 followers on Twitter our English account which is it just looks a lot better for us I mean we could start off last season we had about four so we've more than doubled and we've 4,000 4,000 not four followers right. we've more than four right. followers <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so we've more than doubled that and that's um, that's good and it's it's growing all the time, and obviously more followers on Twitter, more followers on social networks, and I mean obviously there's, we still generally there are more on articles, there are more views on Spanish things, but that's because we're largely more popular in Spanish-speaking countries. But the signings of players like Alberto Moreno and players from English club did really really well for us um, in terms of articles and reactions on social media. Yeah, and, and big players for us, obviously that get a lot of attention. 
all around the globe, Asante Cazola, Samu Chukweze, the rising star. So those players really help us out with that. Right. And I know that's been that's essentially true for Virial USA as well, because we get obviously people who read us are not all in the U.S. In fact, I think most or many of them are not. And we find that, yeah, whenever we do anything with a with an English um, league club, whether like signing Alberto Moreno or, or selling Fornals, we got a we got a lot of people who are interested and and come on the site. And especially, um, I think Santi's story, of course, is a compelling one, and people um, love him. And with his um, having played in Arsenal, that that um, brings those fans in. And then Samu Chukweze is, you know, as you say, a rising star. And so we get, um, I think we we tend to get a lot of um, Nigerians who will read something about him. Um, we don't, it's hard for me because I, I don't see the, unless you sign up for the site to actually comment on it, I don't see where everybody's from, but. I know we I know we get a, a lot of bump and interest whenever we do anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So so do we. We're very thankful for our support from Nigeria. Um, obviously from England, from all the the players that have played there, Moreno, Cathola, Ibora, all those players. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Nigeria, we actually had. I don't know if you saw, we had a Nigerian singer who came on on Saturday. So I think that La Liga have also noticed that. They posted about Chukwese and their Twitter goes mad and they brought help bring over a Nigerian singer as part of the, the launch of the league and his name was Mr P and it was really, really interesting for us. Me and Lucy, we met him, we kind of walked him around a bit and he met Samu after the game and it was, it's really great for like we're coming quite relatively big in Nigeria because of Samu. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's really good. Um, and I suspect, I, well, I don't know. I mean, in Cameroon, I guess people mostly speak French as their yes. language, right? So we, I was thinking with Anguissa and uh, Toko Akambi, we, we have some, another African connection there. But that one we probably aren't, I guess some people can follow us in English. I doubt we have many people in, in Cameroon who are fluent in Spanish or, or uh, Valencian. So, um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are any Valencian speakers in Cameroon somehow. <laughs> I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's great. And and so the um, tell me a little bit about how the how the the club is organized in terms of you're part of the international department that that handles the English language side. How are things organized generally for for the team for that? So the English language for us is that we, like, it depends on, because we, we work quite closely with press, we obviously work with the international department, but me and Lucy are very closely linked with press, we work with them on campaigns and things to do in English as well, and if they design a graphic in Spanish or Valencian, we tend to do that in English as well, and if we think it will work, obviously sometimes some things aren't as relevant to our to our audience, because some things are very, very cultural specific, and we decide that that's not something that that yeah. we can use because obviously the audience in England is very different or the English language audience is very right. different to the language, the Spanish language audience that's a lot more and sometimes more focused on the area and obviously when a lot of the Valencian stuff is very local yeah. specific. 
Yeah, yeah. So for that reason, Alan, we're very closely linked to the press department. In fact, the majority of Thomas and my tasks are uh, would be considered part of the press department, really. Yeah. So we work with both departments. In our international department mainly for, as we're going to talk about shortly, I know the international academies, and then mm-hmm. with the press department for all the English language content. Oh, great. Okay. And I should note that, um, you know, you guys do a, for, for international press, which um, I appreciate you including me in that, we have um, a press release that, that you guys do that summarizes goings on at the club and gives links to things and also a photograph of the day to use. So that's, that's a really nice thing that makes makes uh, it easy for me to to um, because when I with the time difference here my I get up in the morning I check Twitter I check uh, you know to see what is going on if there's any news at the club and getting that um, and getting that uh, email from you guys is is a good for me it's a good summary to start my morning and uh, so I, re- I really appreciate that and I'm sure other uh, um, press people do too. Um, so yeah, we are going to take a, little, a short break, and when we come back, we want to talk about the international academies because that's a something that Virial is is um, busy working on, and um, as you say, you guys are very closely connected with. So take a brief break, and then we'll be back. Okay, and now we're back. <laughs> so, um, I did say brief. So, um, so tell me about the, about the whole academy concept and how, how it was developed and how it works. Okay, yeah. So a couple of years ago at the club, we realized that we wanted to expand our international presence because as you know, Villarreal is a huge football club, but from a very small town here. And you can only reach a certain number of people in this area when you have other big clubs like Valencia, Levante, Barcelona just up the road. There's only so many fans you can reach here. And so the club really realised that we need to be everywhere. We can't just be here in Spain. Um, so our international director, Juan Anton, who's our boss, um, yes. realised that we need to get into many different international markets. And for that reason, we decided to form partnerships with um, youth soccer academies all over the world. And currently we have many um well, how, what the, the official name is our official partner academies um, in the U.S. So we have many in the U.S., um, South Korea, Japan, um, most recently in Puerto Rico. So that one's a new one that you'll be hearing about very soon. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's it's very exciting. So we're we're very happy to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean it's a great opportunity for us and it's also we don't want to be one of the clubs that goes in and says oh we're putting our name on the academy but we don't actually have anything to do with them they work with us quite closely they look at our methodology we speak to them regularly and we want them to feel that they are part of the Virial family not just that we put our branding on and that's it mm-hmm. so have have uh have either of you been over to the some of the academies or how how is how yes, so, um, over from Villarreal and does this? Yeah, so here in our international department, we have a team of coaches that go out to all of our different academies. Um, as I'm a player myself and a coach, I also do that. Thomas is more, you know, he's a, from a journalist background, so he does more of the English language content here. But um, this summer mm-hmm. I did go out to our Villarreal Nebraska Academy and did some coaching there on, on a camp and, and the tryouts there for the academy. I went out to our Villarreal Virginia Academy the, the summer before. 
Um, so I was very lucky to do that. And it's really great to be there working with the kids at the academy and the staff. Um, it just makes it makes us feel so much closer to them and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, we, when we go out and do camps there, we choose usually two of the best players that we see, a boy and a girl, and give them the opportunity to come to Villarreal throughout the season. So, for example, when I went out to Nebraska this past summer, we chose four players to come out to Villarreal and they're coming in November. And this is a typical thing we do at all of our academies. It's called the Player Training Week Experience. And those players come here and they train with our academy teams for a week and it's it's a, an amazing opportunity for them. Yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity. We actually even had four teams come. We had the two teams from Villarreal, Virginia come out last year and it's a great opportunity for them to... Getting experience of football in Spain that's so different in the great facilities that we have here from, um, and just see how people live and truly breathe football in their country. And you know, I'm sure Alan, you, you've been to Villarreal, haven't you? So you know what it's like. It's a town that, that's full of football and that breathes football, and it's a great opportunity for them. Yes, I was. I I know um, when we visited Villarreal, it's like it's very apparent that if if you love football, this is a place to be because. While many of us only focus on the first team, the reality, of course, is that you've got two, um, basically, um, places that, that uh, two sports cities in a town of 50,000 that are dedicated to youth soccer and, and, uh, and not just, I mean, obviously it's nice if you can get a, if you can identify a young player or two and, you know, bring them along and they eventually work their way up into your academy and, and play for the team. But the reality is that most kids who play are, you know, you're, you're trying to teach them some positive things about, about life experiences through playing soccer and, and have a good time and, 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 um, sportsmanship, working with the team, stuff like that. And that's what Villarreal is really, it's kind of amazing. You know, you, you, in this little place that you have so much room, so much, um, so many resources devoted to, to soccer. It's, it's just amazing. So I'm sure when the kids come from the U.S., that kind of blows them away, as it did me. Yeah, definitely, Alan. I mean, that's a huge part of our club's methodology. Um, Obviously, we're looking to form uh, intelligent and autonomous players with the ball. But, you know, off the field, um, it's really important for us to to instill very important core values in our players and, and make them good people above all. So, you know... I think that's what people take away from from Villarreal when they come here, as you did, and as we have. You know, we've seen the players growing up here and everything that's that's done for them to help them to become not just good players, but but even better people. Mm-hmm. So, is is the hope um, I, that at some point there'll be some um, young Americans coming over and and uh, playing in Villarreal as a result of these academies, or that would just be that would just be kind of icing on the cake. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've already got uh, Mukwele Kale playing for us. Mm-hmm. Playing we, for... Uh, sorry? We, he's playing for the C the or B team. The B team. Yeah, exactly, yeah, our B team, yeah. Yeah, he's just been given... The, we've got um, shirt numbers to the B team for the first team this year, and the Kale's just got the number 10 shirt, so hopefully it's oh. a big for him. Yeah, yeah. Key, key player this season. Um, yeah. We've also got Jack Imperato in our academy. He's playing for our, um, well, one of our under-19s teams. Yeah, yeah. You know how it works here. There's quite a few under-19s teams. For, yes. Uh, so, but one of our very good teams, and uh, he's a great prospect as well. 
yeah, so um, we, when we've got high hopes for an obviously if a player came from the academy, that would be great. But as you said, the aim for the academy isn't necessarily just to bring a player through. It's to, to be our construct, to be our family and to help maybe players learn and life lessons more through, through soccer. Right. When, when it comes to finding partners here in the U.S., do you – do you tend to do your research and contact them or do you sort of put something out and they contact you or has it been a bit of both? How how does that work? Yeah, a bit of both. You know, um, we contact them. We have contacts that recommend certain academies, but that's more of a question for our international marketing team. Uh, They have their strategies. And of course, you know, it needs to be the right fit. You might get in touch with someone who's been highly recommended and they just don't, don't see football or soccer the way we do um and then you'll get you'll stumble upon somebody that really does i mean a great example of that is uh our director at Abla around nebraska academy uh, jorge sambataro um he's originally from argentina but he's been working in nebraska now for over 20 years and um and he just you know when when we first contacted him we just knew he was great to work with us and yes. um, he's yeah, he just uh, lives and breathes football the way we do at Villarreal. So um, you 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 just you get lucky, or you um you know find I mean, great contact. You talk about getting lucky. The the director of Villarreal North Texas, we actually um they might they got speaking to our international marketing um, director at a, it was an event, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a com a soccer conference. A soccer conference, and they just bumped into each other and just started talking and realised that they had the same kind of ideology and. It was just luck, but it's turned out like that we ended up having a good academy out of it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what – I think luck plays an important important role in all of this stuff, really, because the U- U.S. is such a big country, and as you know, I mean, football is not our it, – it's, it's growing, but it's still not the easiest thing to plug yourself into and just say, oh, yes, I go – I can – you know, talk to these 20 people and get things done. It's, it, it does, um, demand a lot of, a lot of groundwork and a lot of, um, a lot of effort on the, on the ground. So that, that's great. Um, so how many do we have in the U.S. now? We've got North Texas, Virginia, Nebraska, you mentioned, I think Miami, is that right? No, Miami, no. Um, that, that's kind of still in process. So it was not exactly an official academy at the moment. Right. So uh, there's talks there definitely. We also have around New York Bolaños Academy. So that was previously known as Bolaños Soccer Academy in the Queens, New York area. So okay. that's why we kept the Bolaños name there because um, everybody knows the academy is that. That's based mm-hmm. in New York. We also have Villarreal Force Academy in North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they were known as Force Soccer Academy before yeah, we took over. Fayetteville Force. So. Fayetteville Force, yeah. So... Uh, that's also one of our newest. Um, so yeah, in the US, that's it at that's, the moment. That's our, our official academies. And actually, if you have to actually have a look at our website on the VRL website, we have got an international academies page which has a list of all our academies around the world. Excellent. So people can look at that, and and who knows, maybe somebody listening to this will say, well, hey, that's I know somebody that might be <laughs> interested in uh, in partnering with you guys. That would be that would be great. Um, so that that sounds that sounds really wonderful. I think it's it's nice to um obviously I think we wish the team at some point would make a tour over here or something like that because that would be a nice um way for fans in the US to to get engaged with the team, but the reality is as I said earlier it's a big country and so doing these sorts of things 
that bring you in at the grassroots level and, and get some people knowing who Virial is, is and uh, supporting the, the first team is really good. Oh, definitely, yes. Um, we hope we can do the tour one day soon, Alan. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes, it would. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think if, obviously the more successful the team is on the pitch, the, the more the, the draw would be. I think, um, you know, 2010, 2011, when we had, um, several Spanish internationals on the team and we, or recent Spanish internationals on the team and we were, you know, Europa League semifinals. Those were, those were big spikes in our, in our interest, um, here. You know, Americans like underdogs. So that, that helps for Villarreal. You know, it's, it's a compelling story to tell. Um, but we also, Americans also like winners. <laughs> so. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And hopefully we can be winners this season and very successful. Hopefully so. Um, so we've got just a couple of minutes. So maybe, um, Lucy, I'll ask you very quickly to run through sort of the changes in the women's league in Spain and how Virial fits into that. Because I know this is something we alluded to last season, but you can give the ins and outs of what happened and where we play now. Yeah, we'll do so. Yeah, there's been a big change in the women's structure here of the leagues uh, this this season. Um, so now we have Primera, which is the first division. That's the same as it was. Um, there's, uh, I believe, 14 teams, I think, in, in the top league. Yeah, 14 mm. teams in the top league. Um, so that's, you know, your Barcelona's, all them. Um, so that's the, called the Primera Iberdrola. And then the Reto Iberdrola is the official second division now, and that's made up of a north and southern division. Um, Villarreal, we're playing in the southern division, so that means we're playing against teams from Andalusia, the southern region in Spain, but even the islands. We're travelling quite a bit this year, our first team. Yeah, I mean, if you know where Villarreal is on the coast, on the east coast, it's quite in the, mid- the middle of, the, of Spain, so it's like in the middle line, obviously on the coast, but it'd be a lot of travelling for the girls. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone into the north or southern division, really, but they put them in the southern division. So there's mm-hmm. 16 teams in each in each southern division. And then underneath that, you've got the Primera Nacional, which is the National League, and that's made up of seven divisions or seven groups, um, according to different regions in Spain. And then from then on down, it's more regional leagues. So, yeah, the top three leagues now in Spain are very strong. Um, and our ladies team are playing in the in the official second division, and we really hope they have a great season. I mean, and the B team as well are playing in the third division as well. Yes. So it was actually a good, a great year for all of the women's teams last year, with all teams being all the three sides being promoted, weren't they? Yeah. Right. And I know the t- I know Virial had said they wanted to put some more resources into women's football. Um, and last year really um, bore the 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 fruit of that 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 the teams did really well um and because i i got to see the highlights pretty much was it but i was very impressed with uh with the first team and of course we've got um a spanish international playing for us um our coach is uh, sara is someone who has a tremendous amount of experience and uh you know it's it seems like it's going to be a very exciting season yeah, it's looking great. We've got some great players, great new signings. And as you said, the manager's got tons of experience in, in the first division where she played. So mm-hmm. hopefully she can take the team to the first division. 
Right. And now what in the in the men's side, um, you know, I know the, there's the professional for for several stages and then down to to amateur. Where is that distinction in the women's game now? Is is there is it the top? Is it the Primera and the and the and the second division where we are that are professional and below that is amateur? Or how does that work? Yes, um, it's a bit ambiguous, but I would say, yeah, that of course, the Primera Iberdrola, the first division, is professional. The mm-hmm. Reto Iberdrola as well. But some teams may be considered semi-professional just because of, um, you know, financial uh, financial reasons. And then the league below that, again, some teams can even be considered semi-professional. Some players will get paid a little bit. Other teams won't pay their players. Other teams' players, players will have to pay. So I would say, yeah, the Top two leagues, you could probably call them professional, uh, with some semi-professional teams in among them. Okay. Well, I, I certainly, and I think the the women's World Cup really showcased the the women's sport. And there was a there was a match in wasn't it played in the in the Wanda that had Atletico and somebody that got a huge crowd for yes. for yeah. the women's game. Yeah. And yeah, crowd. Yeah, we should also note that um, it's interesting that in the women's game, well, until this year, Real Madrid didn't have a team. Um, they sort of bought one, right? But um, there are there are a couple of the first division teams in the women's league that are not first division in the men's side, and Levante in particular have been very successful on the women's side, um, even when they've been struggling in the Primera on the men's side. So the, the two don't necessarily go hand in hand, do they? No, definitely not. I mean, you can see there's two Madrid teams in the top league this year and neither of them are Real Madrid. Oh, sorry, three. So you've got Atletico Madrid, CD Tacon and C... Uh, Tacon are now Real Madrid. Yes, but they're not yet. It's oh, yeah. as of next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then you think I've got, I think it's CFF Madrid. So yeah, there's a, there's a few teams there from Madrid, but Real Madrid is not yet one of them. It will be as of next season, yes. Um, so yeah, it doesn't go hand in hand, not at all, Alan. But then again, you've got some teams like Valencia, Levante, Barcelona who've been thriving for years now. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, okay. Anything else you guys would like to, like to tell our listeners as far as plans for the future or just, just anything uh, regarding the team or other than come to Villarreal and see a game? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely come over and watch a game when you can. <laughs> that's that's number one. But just that we're very thankful for all the support from our American fans. We've absolutely loved being present over there with, our, with the partnerships with our academies, and we hope to just keep expanding. So, you know, hopefully one day we'll have an academy in every state, close enough for every young player to come and join. And, yeah, that's that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, as Lucy says, I mean, not just the fans in America, our fans all over the world, and obviously come and watch a game. And if you do come and watch a game, drop us a direct message on Twitter on our on our English language Twitter account. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to meet you, and um, it's just great for us to have so the international fans around the world. And yeah, just just get in touch and, and let us know if you're over in the area. It'd be great to see you. Yes, that sounds that sounds great. I've had the pleasure of meeting both of you and. Well, actually in England, didn't we? We went, um, Thomas and I met and went to the, um, when we won the Premier League International Cup, our, our B team basically. And then, uh, Lucy, I, who, you know, was a, was a Liverpool fan growing up, right? <laughs> yeah. So 
being in Liverpool for the for the Europa League semis was was quite an experience. So I have yet to to get over to Villarreal and, and see you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome anytime, Alan. Anytime. Uh, no, I just got. It's just the eight thousand miles distance. That's the only problem. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can overcome that at some point. <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you. Thank you two very much for um, taking time out of your busy afternoon to chat with me and uh, wish wish you two all the best. Again, I, on behalf of Virial USA, thank you for everything you're doing um, to improve the English language uh, work for Virial and for the academies and uh, and Devan Virial. And Levant, thanks, Alan. (laughs) Speak to you soon. Okay, thanks.